I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello, it's Michelle here. Welcome to today's episode of your Business Boost podcast, where we are continuing our journey through the 10 ways that you could be losing your clients. This is something that always gives me hives when I see people spending enormous amounts of time, energy, and money trying to attract new clients. They get them in, they've dazzled them with their brilliance in terms of their marketing and promotional activity. But then once they come into their world, they don't look after them. And it makes these clients run a mile and go and work with someone else. And it is so much easier to love all over the clients that you have than it is to go and find new ones continually. So if you haven't already done so, listen to part one of this series. So it's one episode back in your podcast feed. This is where I shared the first five things to be mindful of in your business. And today we are going to work through the the second batch of five. So I thought I'd just start by recapping what I've spoke about in the last episode. So the first one was not doing adequate pre-work. Number two was poor onboarding. Three was your lack of availability. Four was missing deadlines. And five was inconsistency of service, which brings me very neatly to point number six, which is where we're going to jump off from today. And that is poor quality of work. And I think we have all as consumers been in situations at some point in time where our expectations in terms of the quality of what we are receiving have not been met. And it is a really bitter pill to swallow when we find ourselves in that situation. And I do feel like the higher the price point, the higher the expectation. And you as a service provider need to be very, very aware of that. The quality of your output needs to match the expectations of your clients. And the best way to control that is by being crystal clear of what you are going to be delivering. We've all seen those really funny memes of, you know, like the designer looking outfit, the picture of the designer looking outfit, and then people posting like the the really crappy knockoff version that they, you know, the poor imitation that they have been sent in, in the mail or, or what have you. It always makes me laugh because it's like, but, you know, that designer version is – $15,000 and you're paying $15 for, and you think you're going to get exactly the same thing. But the problem is if we set our clients' expectations to think that they are going to receive something of a particular quality, 
If their needs aren't met, they will walk away. So this is where it's really important coming back to something that I touched on earlier in part one around that pre-work and that onboarding process, setting the expectations and the fact that your obvious is not your client's obvious. So getting really clear on what it is that you are delivering, having those agreed standards up front. This is where your terms and conditions or your terms of business or your services agreement or your contracts or your reverse brief, however it is that you communicate this with your clients, having this ironclad really stitched up tightly is going to prevent disappointment really, really important. If you do not have these things in place, there's your action item. Number one, get that locked in so that you are setting the expectation right from the outset. Which then brings me to point number seven, which is a lack of personalization. So again, this quality expectation piece, it is all around the detail, the personalization, how special are you making your clients feel? And I think this is where the devil is in the detail. There are so many little tiny things that you can do to make your clients feel like a rock star. Are you doing them? And you know, this is no Judge Judy situation here, but it always amazes me how even just the littlest things when it comes to a client experience, to making someone special, a welcome email, a, you know, acknowledgement of something really big that's happened in their business or their birthday or their anniversary of working with you or how you treat them when they renew with you or how you treat them when they refer business to you. And I think we can look to um, like the, the hospitality and travel world for this because this is where traditionally these industries have done this personal touch really, really well. I mean, if you've ever flown business class, how bloody nice is it when the flight attendant comes up to you and addresses you by your name? You know, there's I, I, I did some, some training with Dale Carnegie many, 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 many years ago. And one of his mantras was that a person's name is the most important sound to them. And it's true. That personal touch counts for so much and it really um, helps to keep your customers loyal. I will use another hospitality example actually of somewhere where I had stayed a very long time ago. Like I'm talking probably 10 years ago now. Um, I stayed there when I was living a very different life to what I am living now. But somewhere in their records, they had tracked that I had been there before. And so when I arrived in my room, I had a little welcome back hamper and I was absolutely touched. I mean, the whole overall service in this place was incredible, very, very personalized, but God, like it was just so lovely to arrive somewhere and have that acknowledgement that I had actually been there before. I definitely wasn't expecting it, but yeah, it was just a really beautiful personal touch. So look at where you have the ability to personalize 
your customers' experience with you and how you can make them feel like an absolute rock star. Now, we'll move on to point eight, which is slightly contentious, but I'm going to address it here, and this is your pricing. You may lose clients over the cost of your services. Now, I will caveat this by you are not for everyone and everyone is not for you. And I will always, always encourage anyone in my world to be charging what you are worth. Do not undercut yourself. Do not undersell yourself. If you are providing immense value and outcomes to your clients, then you should be charging competitively, but also transparently. And this is where I see things come undone, um, where service providers are not clear about what is actually included in the service from a cost point of view. So what are the added extras that your clients need to pay for? Are you clear about that from the outset? Are you communicating this clearly an industry where this <laughs> this really needs some work is in the hairdressing industry. I have found myself at numerous times in my life, um, and it's probably happened a lot more recently, um, and I do think it is because everyone has jacked up their prices, like every service provider has, and I understand that. You know, rents have gone up, wages have gone up, you know, transport costs, all that sort of stuff. I totally get it. But I would appreciate if there was communication about the fact that the prices had increased and that that communication happened at the time that I booked my appointment. Or if I was unknowingly experiencing an additional service to what I had booked. So if there was some, you know, extra layer to what they were doing in the coloring of my hair, or if, um, you know, those, those moments when you've got your head soaking wet in the basin and they go, I'm just going to pop a treatment on your hair now because your hair's a bit dry and you don't realize that this is something that you're going to be charged extra for. So, and then, and then the blow drying thing that also drives me mad as well, because um, I think one person's medium length hair is another hairdresser's long hair. And, you know, they charge different prices for the different length of hair. So just having that conversation from the outset and being really clear of what the price is and what is included just to avoid that bill shock at the end of the transaction, because you shouldn't be ashamed of your prices. You shouldn't be frightened of, of, of how much. And if you are, and if you're really, really uncomfortable, then maybe, maybe you are charging too much. Maybe you're not charging enough. Um, you know, maybe there are some, some money blocks for you that you need to work through. That's not what this episode is about today. Um, but I think it's just being really clear from the outset of what the price of your service is. Then I guess this is like a, a, a very natural segue into point nine, which is a lack of communication. And I do think that this communication piece straddles 
all of the points that I have talked about over these two episodes. But specifically here, what I'm ta- when I'm talking about lack of communication, I'm talking about if a client doesn't feel like they're hearing from you with the frequency that they expected. So I feel like if you are in some kind of working relationship with someone, you should also be in regular communication with them. Your clients want to feel as though you are invested in their success. Now, I don't know your individual service model, so I don't know the frequency that you are seeing your clients or checking in with them, but I feel like they're can never be enough. And this comes to that, like, you know, over-servicing of clients. You don't need to break your back doing it, but scheduling regular check-ins. Um, asking for feedback, I think, is really important too. This keeps your clients engaged, keeping on top of them, not leaving them out in the cold. It's really, really critical that you incorporate this into the client journey. And this is where technology will help with this. You can you can pinpoint these points throughout their journey of when you're going to check in. So for me, for example, I have clients that I meet with. Um, I've got clients that I meet with fortnightly. I've got clients that I meet with monthly, and I've got clients that I meet with quarterly. And I have set sort of, I guess, key dates in that relationship, which again is on their Asana board. Every one of my clients has an individual Asana board. And on that board, I have those dates locked in so that I get a reminder on the date to check in. Um, I note key milestones in their business and I make sure that I check up on them And that's all done thanks to the cleverness of technology. I'm not relying on my very old brain (laughs) to remember all of these important things. But obviously, all of this needs to match the the service that you provide. So, you know, read the room, know your clients, but make sure that you are staying in touch with them all the way through their life cycle with you so that they are feeling loved and adored and really, really important. And that brings me to my final point, which is the summation of all of this episode and part one, all 10 things. And that boils down to not doing what you say you are going to do. It's pretty simple. It really is your integrity, your reliability, that inside of your business matching the outside. So that glossy exterior, all the things that you have promised, are you delivering? Are you matching the expectations? Everything that you did to establish your credibility, to build that trust, to build your authority with those people as a potential customer, have you delivered on your promises? And this is where people really fall over, I think, is by not doing what they said they were going to do from the outset, not doing what was promised. 
focusing too heavily on the dazzle, on the, you know, the bells and whistles, the dancing reels, the 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 tricky TikToks, like focusing there and not focusing on the actual delivery of what you said in all of your promotional stuff. Don't be that girl. Be the one that delivers on the promises, that over delivers, that exceeds expectations. That is what is going to win you loyal customers forever and ever. You want to build your trust and your loyalty with existing customers, okay? This is the easiest way for you to build your business. It's so bloody simple, but you would be amazed at how many people don't do it. They fall at any one of these 10 hurdles, but it all boils down to that lack of integrity. And that's what will cause people to go looking for love elsewhere, People want to feel safe. They want to feel secure. They want to feel like they have made a good investment, that they have spent their money well, that they are getting the outcomes that they want. And if you have promised one thing and delivered another, it is going to leave a really bad taste in your clients' mouths. And of course, they're not going to refer other people to you. They're not going to come back time and time again. And you need to be mindful of the fact that You can't just dazzle them with your marketing prowess at the beginning and then not deliver on your promises. A successful business requires you to do both. You do still need to do the dazzling to get them in the door, but you need to dazzle them when they're through the door as well. So there you have it. They're the 10 things that you need to be mindful of in order to preserve your beautiful customer relationships as I keep saying it is so much more expensive and time consuming to get new clients than it is to nurture and keep the ones that you've got. As I've outlined here today, being aware of these things, keeping them front and center will ensure that you have clients that keep coming back time and time again, that refer you to other people that stay with you for the long haul. That's what we want. As long as that is the service model that you are offering. There are some service providers that if you do your job well, you don't want these people in in your life. They're not meant to be in your life for the long haul. But They will go and tell their friends and their family and everyone that they know how fabulous you are at delivering your service. So I really hope that this helps boost your business. As always, I welcome feedback on this episode. Are you really struggling with some of these things in your business? Because I want to like really reassure you that These are common issues, okay? I've tried to make these as generic as possible because they are things that crop up in many, many, many businesses all the time. And that's why I'm raising them here with you. But if they are real sticking points in your business, if this is stuff that you are massively struggling with, then please get in contact. Let's have a chat and I can help you work through the deeper issues here because usually, you know, these things are uh, kind of a result of something deeper at play. So let's have a chat. You can contact me. Email is always the best way to get hold of me, michelle at michellebroadbent.com.au. Have an amazing week. Thanks so much for sticking with me the last couple of episodes. I hope this has helped. 
Have an amazing week and I look forward to talking with you again next week.